Welcome to the Decide Your Legacy podcast, helping individuals and businesses unleash their potential. Join us every episode as host Adam Gregg discusses what is holding us back and how to find hope for moving forward. Along the way, we discuss developing healthy relationships and navigating life transitions while overcoming fear, stress, and anxiety. Live the life you want, the legacy you decide. So recently, I found out my daughter had not been wearing her retainer, and she hadn't been wearing her retainer for five days in a row. At least that's what she actually said. I didn't handle it very well. I got frustrated. I wanted to say, you know how much we spent on that retainer? $6,000 plus. I didn't say that exactly, but I didn't handle it very well. I was kind of grouchy about it. You know, it's important you wear your retainer. I can't really believe you haven't been doing it for five days. What is going on? And it put some distance between me and my daughter. I left the room. This was right at night and I didn't want to leave on bad terms and everything. And so I thought about it for five minutes and then thought, you know what? I got to go back and tell Emerson. I didn't handle that well. I was wrong. No excuses. No excuses. Although in my mind, I make excuses. So today we're going to talk to you about, I'm going to talk to you about emotion regulation. I had to regulate and didn't do the best job at regulating my emotions in that situation. I'm going to talk to you today about four things you can do to regulate your emotions. So welcome to the Decide Your Legacy podcast. I'm your host, Adam Gragg. If you haven't already done so, subscribe. Apple, Spotify, take out your phone, 15 seconds, give it a review, a rating and review. That helps it to grow organically and reach more people. Really appreciate it. I want to share some risks that I've taken with you recently, as I have in most of the last 20 episodes. One is that I connected with a buddy from high school, and we are planning on getting coffee over Christmas. Christian, haven't seen him actually physically in 10 years. Really fun, exciting. I have gotten gifts for five different people who I normally wouldn't get Christmas gifts for and surprised them, and that was really fun. And I ended up going to a makeup store called Ulta and Sephora to buy gifts for my daughter, which I normally wouldn't go and do, and that was cool. And I actually had a good time, believe it or not, although it was awkward. So for those of you who don't know, I'm Adam Gregg, and I am a legacy coach, speaker, podcaster, mental health professional for almost 25 years. My life purpose is helping people find transformational clarity that propels them forward to face their biggest fears so they can live and leave their desired legacy. And facing fears and helping people face their fears with this clarity is my passion. I talk about stuff that your six-year-old can understand. For example, your six-year-old can understand that facing fears and getting to the other side is going to lead to growth. It may be a kid at school they're afraid of dealing with, or it may be some academic subject that they don't want to engage or a book that they're afraid to actually sit down and read because it's frustrating for them. And although it may not act and seem like fear, it really is fear. I also discuss topics that I struggle with myself. I struggle with emotion regulation. I hate to say it. I can be overreactive at times and I have overreacted in situations that have cost me. I'm working on it. I'm a work in progress. I also want to challenge you to listen as a teacher. 
not just as a learner. Think about something as we go through this information that you're going to teach to somebody else today and talk about with somebody else today. So let's go ahead and jump into the subject. Why is this so important? Well, there's great consequences to not handling your emotions well. I mean, it's going to take a great toll on your physical health because cortisol isn't going to increase. And emotions, when they are and you're in this fight or flight mode, it's not good for your body. I mean, it wears your joints down. It can cause arthritis. It can cause heart problems. It can cause long-term physical issues when we don't manage stress well. And that's what we're talking about here. So these emotional outbursts, they trigger your amygdala. You move away from your prefrontal cortex into your limbic system. You're just centered in this limbic system. So that that is why you lose your ability to problem solve, to be to have a sense of humor. You lose your ability to enjoy people, to have fun when you're in this anxious, highly triggered emotional state. So if we learn to get out of that state in healthy ways, it's ha going to have a big benefit on our life because then we'll be less likely to go to unhealthy coping skills to deal with situations in our life that are gonna come, triggers, let's call them, that are gonna occur in our life and we regulate our emotions so that we have space. So if you are in a fight or flight sympathetic state, of course, you're gonna be reactive. We're in danger, I'm gonna protect myself. We wanna get into a parasympathetic state, into a calmer state and then we can respond, intentionally respond. So I had a client recently ask me, when is it okay to have a drink with my friends over the holidays? And my thought about that, because really they didn't have an alcohol problem that I know of. And I said, well, it's fine to have a drink whenever you want to, as long as you're not using it to regulate your emotions. So if you're gonna have a glass of wine and you're having that glass of wine so you can actually socialize, and feel more comfortable around people, well, do the work in advance so you can feel more comfortable around people and socialize without that glass of wine and then have the glass of wine if you want the glass of wine. But don't be using it as a coping skill, as something to take you from sympathetic to parasympathetic. That's where we find that addictions start. So pornography, nicotine, sex, workaholism, all these things, they regulate us, they get us out of this highly triggered emotional state into a calm state, but that's why it's dysfunctional and addictive because we believe we have to have that in order to regulate our emotions. But I'm going to talk to you today about things you can do to regulate your emotions without substances and dysfunctional destructive habits that you could potentially form. So it's a really important topic for that reason. And think about the cost. I mean, I can think from my own life, I once... And I've mentioned this before. I mean, I've been reactive in a number of situations in my life. I mean, I've honestly had been close to getting beat up on a number of situations where I probably should have been beat up because I was not acting appropriately. I was overly emotional and fired up. One time in my apartment complex, I have was noticed that somebody was smoking pot in front of our house and there were kids out there. And the kids asked me what that smell was. And I just kind of lost it. You know, I went over and I said, what are you guys doing? Go inside. I wasn't nice. I was pretty abrupt about it. I'm like, this is not cool. There's kids are asking what that smell is. You know, can you guys at least go have the DC go do it on the sinking balcony of your apartment? And it didn't go well. I mean, honestly, I could have gotten shot because it wasn't someone that lived in the complex. It was like a relative of somebody that lived in the complex. And I don't think these are the most stable people. So we want to, there's a major cost of not regulating our emotions well. And 
there's a major benefit to regulating them well consistently. For one is, like I mentioned, you're not gonna need substances or unhealthy things to actually cope. You're gonna be trusted because people are gonna see consistency in you and you're not gonna overreact to things that don't require or don't necessitate a strong reaction. It's one of the problems people have with addicts, with alcoholics and addicts in general, is they don't regulate their emotions very well without the substance. And so they can just be very inconsistent. They blow up one day, one day they're calm and they don't know what they're gonna get rather than that stable, loving parent that's consistent or that stable, loving friend that's consistent. So the major biggest benefit, I believe, to regulating your emotions is you retain your power, your sense of dignity. You have power that you've been given to handle situations in your life confidently. And I love to ask myself when I'm feeling insecure, what would I do in this situation if I had 10 times as much conf 10 times more confidence? and then do that thing. That's called opposite to emotion action oftentimes. We're gonna do the opposite to how we actually feel. So let's go ahead and there's a link in the podcast in the show notes to a podcast I did on assertiveness. And that is going to be helpful to you as you think about this content because there's a lot of stuff on emotional, emotional regulation in there. But the four things that you can do to regulate your emotions, number one, is you can increase the positives in your life. You wanna build a life worth living. So both short-term and then long-term positives. I encourage clients frequently to make a list of the things in their life that they enjoy doing. And they will, for, they will often forget that they have all these things that are exciting in their life, that are fun, that they can plan and schedule into their life, that are enjoyable but they're not actually doing it. They're doing destructive things instead, or they're just getting consumed by one specific thing. Maybe it's video games that for an hour is gonna help them to regulate, but long-term it's not gonna help them regulate because they can't do it all the time. I mean, they can't do it at any specific triggering situation and just pull out video games, start playing in that moment. They have to learn to calm themselves in the actual moment. So we find ways to build positives into our life every day. And you think that the healthiest of relationships have a ratio of five to one positive to negatives in their interactions. But I would suggest in your life, you should have at least, at least five times as many exciting, fun things in your life, and if your job sucks and you hate it, and, and it's pretty much draining the joy and energy out of your life, then you might wanna be really looking for a new job because it's long-term not gonna be really good for your mental health. And so that's why people who have jobs that they really hate, they end up going home and then blowing up at little things because they're not gonna be able to regulate their emotions because there's not enough positive stuff going on in their life. So you gotta find ways to find long-term and short-term positives in your life. So what are you excited about over the next year, over the next two years, over the next five years? And can you think about those things and reflect on those things, which could be a short-term positive, like looking at pictures of vacations for me is a fun, relaxing activity. And then planning a vacation that I'm thinking about in a year or in two years or in five years, because I'm thinking about taking my daughter to both, although, and she listens to my podcast, so I probably shouldn't say this on here, but hopefully she won't listen to this one, but I'm taking... I'm considering taking my daughter on a number of really cool trips before she turns 18. And I'm not gonna share too much about it, but just the planning and thinking about it is something enjoyable in my life. And it gives me space from those emotionally triggering situations because they're not nearly as important to me 
They don't take up, they're not nearly as triggering because they just aren't that important. I can brush them off. I'm detached from them because there's enough positive stuff in my life. I wanna to talk to you guys about escape artist travel. You know, I talk a lot about taking risks, getting out of your comfort zone, getting in your discomfort zone, and travel can be one of those things. These people are amazing. I will tell you, they've planned three different locations for me over the last, really, eight months. So. They know what they're doing. Over 87 different countries, I believe they plan trips for probably close to 100. Condé Nast travel, top travel specialist, two years in a row, full service travel agency. They will take care of it. They will take care of you. They know what they're doing. You can reach them at escapeartisttravel.com. Check them out. So number two is to prepare in advance. That's a great way to learn how to regulate your emotions. And that's why I run and do yoga. And that's why I try and get up at the same time every morning and go to bed at the same time every night. That's why I'm in a DBT, dialectical behavioral therapy group. And that's why I go to a therapist and talk to a therapist once every two weeks. And sometimes once every week so that I have a chance to process through things in my life to prepare in advance for those triggers that I know are gonna actually come because there are stressful times of the year. There are stressful seasons of your life. I have one, one of my best friends tell me the other day, emotionally, as we had coffee, that I think this is probably the hard, he's, he said this, this is his words, I think this is probably going to be the hardest season of my life. And you know, he has three kids, he has a, some job transitions going on. He has a business that his wife started. So I could see really what he was talking about was really true. And he is a runner and a biker and he does good things in advance to prepare for those triggering situations. So I think he's doing exactly what I'm talking about, but we can do things to prepare in advance. And one of the things that I'd encourage you to do is deal with your past. I mean, that's preparing in advance for emotionally triggering situations. So there's a link in this show notes to the podcast that I did on actually Pain is the Price of Freedom, and to the article on why you must, and I, you mean that, deal with your past, and also to a worksheet in that article. There is a worksheet in that article that's called Impactful Life Events Worksheet. And so you get to process some of these very difficult things that have happened potentially in your life that'll help you to get space so you're not gonna be as reactive in those situations that might be minor. Because a lot of times what we do is we get zoned in on situations that are kind of minor, but in the big picture, they become very, very important because we're not at a healthy place. For example, like me fixating on my daughter's retainer could be a distraction for me from actually focusing on the most important tasks that scare me related to my job, which happen to be often preparing content and speaking and things that I love and enjoy, but also can scare me, which I can procrastinate on. So we prepare in advance. Recently, Emerson, she... I, this was actually on Sunday, but she was talking to me on the way to a Christmas party and we were having a really good discussion and she opened up and I believe she was just being fully transparent and she said that she doesn't feel loved by me all the time. And it makes me emotional to even really think about this. And I asked her what she meant and she said, well, sometimes you're more like a boss than a dad. And I... Uh, luckily, I was just about to drop her off at this Christmas party, and I did, and she got out of the car. I told her I loved her, but I had three hours to really chew on what she had just said because I 
was like, wow, you know, I can't believe it. And so I called my buddy who he's 76 years old. His name's Don and he, he has three daughters and I just talked to him about it. And I said, man, Emerson shared some with me that was really, really hard. And I mean, he listened very graciously and he gave me some thoughts and insight. And he just said, wow, you have a smart daughter and that's a lot of courage and, you know, don't take it so seriously and just know you're a good dad, but make the changes that are necessary. And I did, I ended up actually talking to her later. And I mean, I thought about it and thought, you know, really I coped with it emotionally well because I have been doing the exercise and I've been doing some things that are really healthy in my life. So I wasn't consumed by it and didn't get really anxious about it. It was just really uncomfortable to sit on that and then to know that it's going to take time for me to make some changes in my life and to adjust my life so that she does feel loved consistently by me, which is what I want. I mean, I thought even like, I want all the people 10 years after I'm gone, that's part of my legacy statement is that they feel still that I loved them. And they know that because I was there for them during the most trying times in their life. And I shared it and was the most encouraging person that they know. I mean, that's one of the, I, Hope everyone's the most encouraging person that you know or meet or whatever, but that's one of the things that I resonate with. Anyway, prepare in advance. Number three is grow in your mastery. And these are all some things that come from DBT skills. You know, accumulate positives, prepare in advance, grow in mastery. If you have a hobby and you're engaging in it consistently, that can help you to be emotionally resilient. If you're learning about things that are engaging your mind, that can help you to be emotionally resilient. If you have had hobbies in the past that you were really focused on and you stepped away from them, like you loved programming in the past and it was a hobby, not a job. I mean, it refreshed you and you got out of that. Well, do some things to put that in back into your life. And maybe it's just 30 minutes a week at first or an hour a week. I mean, 30 minutes a week is probably not enough, but an hour a week, two hours a week where you're growing in your mastery of a certain subject that you're already passionate about can do wonders for your mental health and can do wonders for your ability to regulate yourself when these triggers come. Because as I've shared before, we want a space between that trigger, that stimulus and that response. You know, if there's no space, it's an unintentional reaction. If there's space, it's an intentional response. We want intentional responses in building mastery, whether it's photography, camping, hiking, skiing, fixing cars, the list goes on and on. And I can, and will link to a revised article and it's called how to be a friend to yourself, how to be your own best friend. And in this article, there are ideas. There's actually gonna be a couple hundred ideas of things you can do to build mastery or just to work into your life as self-care activities to build positives into your life. So you really wanna check out that article as well. And so the fourth thing that I would encourage you to do to get that space emotionally so you're not triggered, you have these triggers and you have actual space is to engage your prefrontal cortex. So it's to think, all right? <laughs> think, some of you need to think, you really do. You're not thinking much. You're actually not using your brain, which is really true. You can tell your teenagers that. And I think there's definitely a lot of truth to that because their brain hasn't fully developed 
to be accessed all the time. That's why they are more impulsive. That's why they are going to do things that overreact, you know, or be overly sensitive in some situations. They might just be a sensitive kid, but we want to engage our prefrontal cortex. That means we engage this part of our mind, our brain. That's the last part of our brain to develop. So how do we do that? Well, we read, reading, and especially reading self-help, reading about emotional regulation, reading about developing your social skills, reading about personal development, spiritual literature, you know, reading your Bible, memorizing scripture, having these favorite poems that you read, potentially. You know, I have some poems that I have memorized that I think about, you know, and even one of them has just just a phrase in it that I think about oftentimes. And it's, it's to lie there. That's disgrace is it just reminds me that to not take action, to not do something, that's the real disgrace, you know, to give in to fear that's disgrace. So that one little line engages my prefrontal cortex. It's like a mantra for me. So having journaling prompts where you have to answer out a question even journaling about your day and things you've learned, journaling about your dreams and your vision and your goals and writing those things down, they engage your prefrontal cortex. And I would encourage you to do so because then you're going to think and be able to process with this amygdala and this prefrontal cortex are going to be able to look at a situation like I did and say, you know what? I didn't handle this situation with Emerson and her braces very well. I overreacted, you know, it is something I have to say something about, but it was the way I approached it. And I could have been a lot softer and kinder. And I'm sorry, Emerson. Or I don't need to say anything to people who are smoking pot in front of my apartment because that is something that could get me shot. I don't know what they have. I don't know. You know, it's just better for me to go to the manager of the apartment complex and sell, hey, say, hey, there's kids riding around here. I'm smelling this. And is there something you can do about it? I didn't use my prefrontal cortex and engaging your prefrontal cortex is what I'm going to encourage you and encouraging you to do. So that's what I have for you today. So what do you want to do? How can you better regulate your emotions? First of all, increase the positives in your life. Second, prepare in advance. Again, reference that podcast on assertiveness that I did that helps you prepare in advance, the Dear Man acronym. Third thing is to grow in mastery in some area of your life and always have time in your week where you're growing in mastery. And number four is to engage your prefrontal cortex. Sometimes to engage your prefrontal cortex, you got to breathe. And as I've said before, a four second in breath, a six second out breath, just six of those can calm you down. And there's other skills too, meditation, things where it can calm you down in ways in the moment that gets you out of that emotional state and into a much more rational state. So those are the four things I have for you today. And you can even think about it this way, that you have a rational mind, you got an emotional mind, then in the middle, you got a wise mind. You don't want to listen to that emotional mind all the time. You don't want to be so overly rational all the time. You want to be wise. And in the middle is where intuition lives. In the middle is where that internal wisdom and judgment live. So what insight did you gain from today? What was your one takeaway from today? I want you to think about that, write that down and take action by teaching that to somebody in the next 24 hours. I want you right now to write down something in your life that you know is going to be triggering you in the next 24 hours, most likely. And then I want you to write down an action that you can take to deal with that trigger. 
So you know you're going to have to deal with that coworker, that family member, that person, that situation. Like I have to deal with tomorrow is potentially having my flight canceled because of weather. So I can think about now, how am I going to handle that? Well, I'm going to proactively do this. I'm going to get information. I'm going to reschedule the flight if I have to. I'm going to trust the pilot. I'm going to trust the airline, but I'm preparing in advance. If you found this podcast helpful, make sure you subscribe to Shatterproof Yourself. If you want to improve your mental health, if you want some tips to help you improve your mental health, you're not going to want to miss this. There's 27 items that will help you to improve your mental health. It's called Shatterproof Yourself. It's a mental health stress checklist. So that is something you don't want to miss. Subscribe in the show notes. So again, make it your mission to live a life now. You want to be remembered for 10 years after you're gone. Live your legacy now. You decide your legacy. You decide your future. No one else. I appreciate you. And I'll see you next time. This show is part of the ICT Podcast Network. For more information, visit ictpod.net.